Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Today, it's my privilege to share once again a message from God's Word with you. And as usual, if you would like to follow along, uh, the outline of the message is available in your Bible app. Just choose Encounter Church. Or if you'd like a printed version of the outline, you can visit our preaching box there in the back. Y como siempre, todo también está disponible en español. Uh, si alguien necesita traducción, hay traducción. Repórtese allá atrás si no tiene todavía el transmisor. All right. We continue this morning in our 2021 theme. Multiply. Let's go ahead and go to our theme verse for the year and read it together. Then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. What happens when the word of God spreads? The number of the disciples do what? Multiply greatly. And where's that verse? Acts 6, 7. And all year long, our aim, our goal, our purpose is to multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. Now, this is May already. We're not quite halfway through the year, but we're getting close. By now, I think we've begun to get it. How is it that the culture and the values of Jesus get multiplied through his what? Through his what? Words. That's exactly right. And you know, today's word, it is Mother's Day, and we've had the, the, the gift and the blessing and the prayer and the wonderful song and all that. And today's word isn't just for mothers, but I want to say something quickly to the mothers as we get started in this. You can be a disciple multiplier in your home. In fact, our first disciples, you know, Jesus commissioned to his disciples before he ascended back to the Father was to go and make disciples, disciples you know. And one of the things that I've understood now as being, being a father, being a parent, is that my, my whole calling in life is to be Jesus' disciple and to make more disciples for Jesus. And my first disciples live with me right in my house. They're little right now, all right? Moms. And all of us as parents, okay, you're a disciple multiplier in your home. And you need to look at your children in that way, okay? And all of you that don't have children yet, or maybe don't want kids or never want to have kids, right? We also need your help to disciple our little children, right? Jesus said, let the children come to me, right? And Encounter Church is a family where we really, really love children and we see them as not future disciples but now disciples all right so moms happy mother's day you have your work cut out for you right to make some disciples for jesus but you know speaking of that to moms to parents but to everybody again how is it that we can multiply disciples of jesus through his through his words, it's when his word spreads, it's when his word grows that the number of the disciples 
multiply. And for that reason, the entire year, 2021, we are reading word for word through the words of Jesus in the gospel of Mark. So far, we've only gotten through three full chapters of Mark. We're going to have to hurry this up because we're already in May, right? Because there's 16 chapters, all right, in Mark. And it's the shortest gospel, (laughs) with the most concentrated uh, concentration on the words of Jesus, okay? But already, just in three chapters, we've learned about baptisms, we've learned about purpose, we've learned about God's love for souls, we've learned about five core gospel values, we've learned about diatribo, what discipleship really means, and if you're like, I have no idea, go back and listen, if you will. We, last week, we learned about the power and the importance of our spiritual family. Thank you. All right. Today, that brings us now to Mark chapter 4. Who was with us the first Sunday of the year? All right. Who was here for New Year's Sunday? It was like the second or fourth. I can't remember what day it was. All right. I introduced 2021's theme, Multiply, with Mark chapter 4. So if you were here the first week of the year, we already read through Mark chapter 4. But today, we're going to read through it In the Amplified, as we've been reading word for word through Mark, we're going to read through it in the Amplified, and we're going to sort of re-examine it in a different light, and we're going to take it one step further, okay? Who's ready for Mark chapter 4 today? Well, go there in your Bibles, or follow along in the Bible app, or on the screen. Um, I want us to just remember that what we learned in January is that God's heart towards his word is multiplication, okay? And as we read this, again, you're gonna get, oh yeah, right. What God wants for his word is for it to multiply, right? But we're gonna look at a few other things as we read it too. And today, I don't always give, because we're reading word for word, I don't always give every one of these Sunday messages a title, but today this one has a title, and it is This Little Light of Mine. All right, can we sing it? This little light of mine, that's right, I'm going to let it shine. Louder. Worship auditions. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hay una lucecita en mí que dejaré brillar. Come on. Hay una lucecita en mí que dejaré brillar. Hay una lucecita en mí que dejaré brillar. Brillará, brillará, brillará. Come on, everybody can say. Brillará. There we go. Brillará, brillará, brillará. All right. Oh, I must say that Mark chapter 4 and that song, as beautiful and cute as it is, is pretty commonly misread and misunderstood. Uh, Because I used to uh, read this scripture and sing that song sort of with a different perspective. And uh, my perspective changed several years ago as I really dug into Mark chapter four. And today I believe that uh, your perspective might change just a little bit too. Is that all right? Are our minds and our hearts open to let the word of God renew us and change the way we think? 
All right, let's jump right into Mark chapter 4. We're going to read today through verses 1 through 25. And if anyone is interested, Mark chapter 4 is also found in Matthew 13 and Luke 8. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the Sea of Galilee, and a very large crowd gathered around him. And he got, so he got into a boat, anchoring it a short distance out on the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was by the sea on the shore. How about that for a Sunday service? Whoo! And he taught them many things in parables. And we all know what a parable is? Parable's just a story that means something, okay? Sto- uh, parables. And in, and in his teaching, he said to them, are we ready? Listen. All right, turn to somebody and say, listen up. A sower or farmer went out to sow or plant, right? Okay, so sower and sow. This is not like sowing, but sowing, planting, okay? The sower went out to sow seed. And as he was sowing, some seed fell by the road and the birds came and ate it up. We got any gardeners out there? You've ever experienced that, right? And at my house, it's not the birds, it's the chipmunks. They like to come eat everything up. All right. Other seed fell on rocks where there was not much soil, and immediately a plant sprang up because the soil had no depth. And when the sun came up, the plant was scorched, right? And because it had no root, it dried up and withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil, and as the plants grew and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 times much, as much as had been sown. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him heed, hear and heed my words. Just quickly, what is it that got multiplied? The words, that's right. The seeds, okay? The seed refers to his word. As soon as Jesus was alone, those who were around him, together with his 12 disciples, began asking him about the interpretation of the parables. And he said to them, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you. And who is he, to whom is he talking now? His disciples, the people that were with him. That weren't just a part of the crowd. They actually followed him. They, they, they went wherever he went, okay? They were his disciples. And this is so important because I know a lot of people that would like to understand the Bible. A lot of people would like to understand the word of God. But the reality is the secrets of the word of God are really going to only be able to be understood by disciples. By someone who's committed to really follow Jesus, okay? We got any disciples out there? It says, who have teachable hearts, right? Those who are disciples and have teachable hearts, we will be able to understand the mysteries, the secrets. But those who are outside the unbelievers, the spiritually blind, get everything in parables. So that, all caps, is because it is a prophecy quoted from the Old Testament, okay? They will continually look but not see. They'll continually hear but not understand. Otherwise, they might Turn from the rejection of the truth and be forgiven. God's heart is for everyone to hear, to listen, to understand, to turn, to repent, and be forgiven. But the reality is, many don't want to truly understand. Okay? We'll come back to that. 
Then Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand and grasp the meaning of all the parables? And we looked at this in January. In fact, this is the most basic of all the parables, okay? And Jesus was saying, if you can't get this, you ain't going to understand anything else I say, right? All right, this is the most, if we understand this parable, then we'll be able to understand all the rest of Jesus' teaching. This parable is sort of like the foundational parable, the foundational teaching. So here comes the explanation. We got any disciples out there, all right? Who wants to understand the explanation and the interpretation of the story? You ever heard someone tell a story and you were like, so what's the moral? Like, what's the point? Why are you telling me this story? And Jesus was telling this story and, and they wanted to understand, all right? Who wants to understand? Well, here comes the explanation. The sower sows the word of God, the good news regarding the way of salvation. So the word, the gospel, right? What is the seed? It's the, the word of God, right? These in the first group are the ones along the road or footpath, okay, where the word is sown. But when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these in the second group are the ones who, on whom the seed was sown on rocky ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy, but accept it only superficially. I'll let that one sink in for just a second. If my Christianity is only superficial, it's not going to go very far. And they have no real root in themselves so they only endure for a little while then when trouble or persecution comes because of the word immediately they are offended and displeased at being associated with me and stumble and fall away who offended that is a big heavy word some people follow as long as they're not offended i'm already getting into the the, the, the points all right hold on Let's go to the third group. And others are the ones on whom the seed was sown among thorns. These are the ones who have heard and received the word, but the worries and cares of this world, the distractions of this age with its worldly pleasures and the deceitfulness and the false security or glamour of wealth or fame and the passionate desire for all the other Things, come on, say other things. All the other things creep in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. Are we ready for a good one? And those in the last group are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil. And they hear the word of God, the good news regarding the way of salvation and accept it, which means cling to it. All right? Cling to it. How do you cling to something? Come on, cling to the person next to you. Some of you are like, that makes me very uncomfortable. Okay. (laughs) In reality, clinging to the word of God will make you very uncomfortable sometimes. Okay? It means to cling to it. (laughs) 
and bear fruit. And not just another one or another two, but six, 30, 60, and 100 times as much what was sown. Come on, somebody say multiply. And now what we're going to do is what most people don't understand, that this is the way you read it. Most people, unless you've really dug into this, probably look at what we're about to read as another parable. But in fact, it's part of the same parable. It's kind of like two combined concepts in one, all right? So you could look at, at this, what we just read, and what we're about to read as two different parables, or you can look at them as one long parable. However you choose to look at it, they are totally connected. In fact, Jesus finished talking about the seed, and with the next breath, he kept on talking and said this. Then he said, he said to them, a lamp is not brought in. Can you show me how to bring in something? Come on, brought in. Brought where? In. in. Okay. A lamp is not brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, is it? Hello? I mean, have you ever decorated your house and like, oh, let me put this lamp here on the coffee table and then, oh, how about I just throw a blanket over it? Might as well not even bring the lamp in, right? So the answer, Jesus is asking kind of a rhetorical question, but do we bring a lamp in to cover it up? No. It's not, isn't it brought in to be put on the lamp stand, right? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it would come to light. That is, things are only temporarily hidden until the appropriate times for them to be known. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear and heed my words. Then he said, the most important phrase of this entire story, then he said, pay close attention to what you hear. And the, the feeling in this, the pay close attention, is be very careful how you hear. Don't just hear it. Pay very close attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is to the extent you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it'll be measured to you. And you'll be given even greater ability to respond. And more will be given to you besides. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever, and, and whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away. It is possible to know the truth and then have it taken away from me. See, let's sing it again, but I'm going to give you some new words. Are you ready? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine in me, right? In me. We always look at this parable, this story, and what Jesus said like, I'm going to shine for all the world to see. Well, yeah, but hold on a minute. 
You can't shine outwardly unless that, shine, that light is shining inwardly. Okay? See, Jesus' point here, Jesus' truth here is more about how I hear the gospel than it is about how I share the gospel. Now listen, bear with me. Of course Jesus wants you and me to shine for all the world to see, right? Of course Jesus wants us to shine the message of the gospel, the love of God, the word of God. But in order to shine, the gospel first needs to be shining inside of me and changing me. Of course I want to shine for the light of, the light of Jesus to the world. But is the light of Jesus flooding my own soul? I can only let my light shine out if I've let the light shine in. See, the problem, the problem with putting the lamp, the light under the basket or under the blanket isn't so much about us hiding the light, hiding our light from the world. It's more of a problem of possessing the light, but not allowing the light to change me on the inside. Jesus is not saying you have a light, don't cover it up, because how's the world going to see? Jesus is saying if you receive the light, if the lamp is brought where? In, and you cover it up. Whoo, listen, how great that darkness would be. Because then you don't have light in you and you don't have a light to shine out either. And see, so many times we look at this and we think, oh, uh, it's all about me shining my light for the world to see. Yes, but you don't have a light to shine outwardly unless the light is shining inside of your own soul and changing you and me on the inside. The seed and the light. The seed is the word and the light is the word. They're both the word, okay? They both represent the word of God and these combined parables are all about how I hear, okay? They're all about how I hear. Turn to somebody and say, how do you hear? Maybe the question is, when I hear the word of God, I want you to just ask yourself this. When I hear the word of God, what do I do with it? Because it's, it's clear. I mean, it's very clear in the, in, in the Bible that what I've been entrusted with, what I've received, I'm responsible for. So if I've heard it, and don't understand it, that's not God's fault. That's not the Bible's fault. That's not the preacher's fault. If I have heard the word, but I don't understand it, that's on me. When I receive the word of God, what do I do with it? How do I hear it? How do I receive it? I am going to be, and you are going to be, we are going to be 100% responsible before Almighty God in eternity to answer for every word we've heard from his word. I don't know about you, but that puts the fear of God in me. 
And if it doesn't put the fear of God in you, you don't understand who you're dealing with. And I pray today that we're all filled with the fear of God. Not fear as in being scared of him, run away, but fearing him in such a way as I must obey because I'm going to be responsible for what I have heard. Let me just say one more thing to the moms, okay? And, and, and actually not, mo- not just moms, parents. Listen, don't just teach your children to know the word. I know a lot of people that know the word. (laughs) Have you found out that just knowing the word doesn't necessarily mean anything? (laughs) Don't, let's not just teach our children to know the word. Let's teach them, moms, let's teach our children to love the word. Let's teach our children. In fact, parents, teaching your children how to hear the word, not to just know it, but how to hear it, how to receive it, might be the single most important things you'll ever teach your children. Because it'll shape their lives and their eternity. I didn't mean for that to be heavy. It's not supposed to be heavy. It should be an encouragement. We have the opportunity to shape how our children receive the word of God. Hope everybody's okay with that. Let's just take a quick glance, a very quick glance, because I don't want to keep you too long today. I know some of you have lunches and phone calls and all that stuff to attend to for Mother's Day, but a quick glance at the four ways to hear God's word, all right? Are you ready to listen fast? Number one, the first way you can hear God's word like this, okay? It's your choice. You can hear it this way. The first one is the footpath or by the road, it says. Basically, this is just where everybody walks, right? It's just the way of the world. It's like go with the flow, right? Don't go against the grain. Let's just go with the flow, the way everybody else does it, the way everybody else acts, the way everybody else lives. This way of hearing God's word doesn't pause or stop and consider, maybe I should change paths, right? This way of hearing the word means no repentance. So listen, Jesus said, repent to enter the kingdom of God, right? So without repentance, we don't, enter the kingdom of God so this way of listening to the word is like in one ear out the other I don't even stop to consider should I change right should I change something that's the footpath all right it's where everybody else has walked I'm just gonna go with the way way everybody else goes right everybody else is doing it right everybody else is doing it that way a lot of people at church just do it that way Come on, I'm not, listen, let's, let, let's just be real and raw. Not just the ways of the world. Christians, we are sheep, but we not ought, ought not to be sheep like that. We are to be sheep of the shepherd, Jesus. Follow him in his ways. Not just do it the way everybody else is doing it. 
even people that call themselves Christians. We better be very careful to examine what the word really says and pause and examine and say, should I keep going this way or ought I change course, right? Don't stay on the footpath. Come on, tell somebody, punch them and say, don't stay on the footpath. Come on, tell somebody else, blaze your own trail. Mm-hmm. See, Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a path or a way before each person that seems right. It seems right. It seems right. And most of the time it seems right because it feels good. It feel, they, and most people say it feels right. If everybody else is doing it, if it's the status quo, it ought to be, it, it should be fine, right? Wrong. It ends in death. How many people have I watched live their lives doing what they think is right, what seems right to them, what feels right to them, and all their friends are doing it, so they're going to do it that way, and it, ooh, the end is not pretty. Okay? The deceptive part of this is it doesn't, it doesn't kill you right away. It ends in death. You don't just take one or two steps in the wrong direction and, you know, drop dead. That's the deception of it. That's the deception of it. Listen, I've done this in my own life before. Come on, let's just be real. Where I'm doing something, thinking a certain way, acting a certain way, talking a certain way, treating people a certain way, whatever. You know, and it seems to be going fine. And then all of a sudden, it kills you. Right? It really messes you up. But it didn't do it on the way. It took a while. That's why we cannot judge the, our, our opinions and our actions by the way it feels right now. We have to measure it up to the word of God. Because even if it feels good right now, it can kill you. Come on, don't walk on the footpath. You do not want to hear the word of God like this. You also don't want to do number two, rocky soil. This is basically goes like this. I like the word or I like the truth, as long as it doesn't cause me problems. And how many of you know, that doesn't take very long to happen? Especially in today's world. If you stand, we talked about this last Sunday, some people are going to think you're crazy, and other people are going to think you're bad for standing for the truth. As long as, it doesn't, if, as long as I don't come up against any resistance or obstacles or opposition, well, don't be a Christian then. No, seriously, I beg you, don't be a Christian. Either, I mean, if you're going to play around with this and only kind of halfway do it, just don't be a Christian. Just be worldly. I mean, you'll end in death and hell, but at least you'll sort of enjoy the ride, right? Now, I beg, I beg all of you, none of us do that. Okay? But if we think that following Jesus is going to be easy and we're going to be liked and accepted and that what we stand for is going to be status quo, go with the flow, then you're in the wrong show. Yeah. 
Following Jesus will cause you problems and it will cause you persecution. Around the world, right now, as we're sitting in our air-conditioned building, people are being martyred for standing for the truth. And I don't know how far we are behind them right now. I don't wish this, but it probably would do us some good to face some actual persecution in our Christianity, to actually have to stand and say, absolutely, no, I will not bow to that. No, absolutely, I will not redefine marriage. No, absolutely not. I will not bow to, there's many ways to God. It's not just Jesus. I absolutely will not bow to being okay with every form of sexuality. Following Jesus, if, if your following Jesus has not caused you any opposition, <laughs> make sure that the one before you is Jesus. <laughs> to really following him. Because following Jesus will make you different. Following Jesus, believing and standing for the word of God will cause you to go against the grain and you're going to feel it. It's going to be uncomfortable. But when it is, don't give up. Don't bow down. Don't give in. Many people believe in Jesus as long as they're comfortable. Come on, let me just keep going with this. Some will follow until they go through something hard in life. Some will follow Jesus until something really difficult happens in life. And then, listen, I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen it with some of you guys, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm being, I want you to hear me with all the love of God. If going through something hard makes you get offended with God, you are on a very dangerous path. Okay? If I only follow Jesus until I feel offended... I won't be able to follow him. Some people follow Jesus until they go through something hard, a tragedy, a difficulty, a, just something difficult in life, or until, until this, until Jesus says something that actually requires me to change. Yeah? You mean I need to change? Why don't you just accept me the way I am? Why is everybody at church always telling me I'm the one who needs to change? I've heard Christians say that one. Why is it always me that needs to change? Because compare yourself to the Bible. That's why. But this is just the way I am. Right, you're wrong. Hey, lift your hand if you've ever been off. Lift your hand if you've ever needed to change. Lift your hand if you've ever been confronted by someone else by the Bibles saying you need to change and you got offended by it. 
Well, I'm glad we're all honest. Sometimes people follow. Sometimes people follow until just something offends them. And it may be something from the word of God that they just don't like. And I don't want to change. And I don't want to be different. But it also may be, you may be offended by someone else. And literally, listen to this. I'm not really into Jesus anymore because of what so-and-so did or so-and-so said. Listen, you and I will stand before the eternal almighty God in eternity. Listen, and what so-and-so did and so-and-so said can keep me and you out of heaven for all eternity if you let it. I don't know about you, but there is nothing anyone can say and there is nothing anyone can do that will offend me so much that I'll stop following Jesus. If you are offendable, listen, and I'm not saying we're not going to get offended. The reason it's in the Bible is because we're going to get offended. Jesus says it's impossible not to be offended. Hello? Some of y'all are little angels and never get offended, right? No. Wrong. Listen, if I allow what someone else does that offends me to affect my relationship with God, I don't have a good relationship with God. It'd be like somebody else, some other person, smack-talking Liz and that messing up my relationship with Liz. Or someone else doing something, I don't know, that hurts my feelings. And, you know, my feelings are so hurt that I'm just, I'm mad with my wife too. But listen, we project our offenses onto God. He can take it. (laughs) But listen, you can't. I can't. Careful with the offended spirit. I did not plan to preach about that at all today. But obviously the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, listen, loves us enough to, right? Now listen, let him not just, let him, All right? Let go of that. Let go of that today. Shake it off. Butter. 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 Right? You know, there was one point when when Jesus, you know, he lived in Israel. And the Jews were, you know, the Jewish culture, they... Eating blood was sort of a look down on. Yeah? Okay. Jesus, Jesus told him. When, I mean, many, many, many had been following him. He had many disciples. Most of them to this point were all Jewish. And at one point, he's beginning to reveal what's going to happen on the cross, right? And he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood... Unless you become 
vampires, right? <laughs> Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be mine? You can't be my disciple? Look what it says. This is, this is John 666. <laughs> well, look what it says. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. And Jesus said, he turned to the 12. Come on, somebody, to the 12. And he said, y'all going to leave too? I'm so glad they didn't because I have the gospel. We have the gospel today because they didn't turn away and desert him, right? I think the 12 understood something we ought to understand. If God says something in his word that offends me, he's right, I'm wrong, and I'm the one who needs to get understanding and figure it out, right? If there's anything in the word of God that challenges your thinking, your perspective, and it offends you and upsets you, I have been reading, the, I've read the Bible from cover to cover at least a dozen times, and I still read stuff and go, God, I don't like that. Why did you say that? And then after praying and reading it again and again, it's like, that's why you said that. That's why you did it. I was wrong. You are right. Always. Always. <sighs> Come on, I want us to just confess this today. Come on, let, just say it. If I have a problem with the word of God, I am the problem. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. The third way to listen, thorns. And this is where most people, in our culture anyway, fall in. This is the category most fall into. Crowded out. The word of God, we get it, we hear it, we receive it, but it gets pushed aside and crowded out by our wrong priorities and our desire for other things. It kind of goes like this. I like Jesus, but I still want dot, dot, dot. Come on. Fill in the blank. Yeah, I like Jesus. I believe in Jesus. In fact, I might dare to say I love Jesus. I even like church. But I still want all of my comforts. I still want things the way I like them. I still want to use my money the way I want to use it. I still want to have that relationship that makes me feel good. Even though God is like, no. Right? I like Jesus, but I still want to be popular and liked. I like Jesus, but I don't want to make any waves or go against the grain. I just want to kind of live a quiet, happy little Life. Come to church, not make anybody mad. I like Jesus, but I want to hold on to every single one of my family traditions, even the ones that might not be pleasing to God. But it's my family. But that's the way my family does it. I'm going to stop. I like Jesus, but 
I just want to fit in. I like Jesus, but I still want. I mean, come on, fill it in. You know what we're talking about. I still want that. I still want to do that. Right? I still want to go there. I still want to sleep with her. I still want to smoke that. I still want to drink that. I still want to look at that. I know, I know, I know it's not the best, but I still want to look at it. I know that that's not good to listen to. I know it's not good. I know that I'm not supposed to gossip. But I like it. <laughs> I, I can, I, but I, I like Jesus, you know. I love Jesus. But listen, no, there's no buts with Jesus. And, and listen, you don't follow Jesus and tomorrow become a perfect disciple. But there is one thing. Jesus said, if you start following and look back, you're not a disciple. There is no but, okay? It's all or nothing. And listen, the more I follow Jesus, the more I'm confronted with bad things in my life that need to change. The more I follow Jesus, the more I realize I ought not to look at that. I ought not to listen to that. I ought not to drink that. I ought not to talk to people that way, right? But if there's a, yeah, I like Jesus, but I'm still going to do that. I still want that. That's still a priority in my life. There was this guy, a young man in the Gospels, who um, really, really wanted to follow Jesus. I mean, like, he had seen and heard the miracles and all this, and he loved what Jesus taught. He really, he really, really wanted to follow Jesus, okay? And Jesus told him, this is Matthew 19, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor. Now, did Jesus tell everybody to do that? No. What he asked you may be different. When Jesus is resurrected and about to send back, send back into heaven, and he's with John and Peter and all them, and he tells Peter, basically, you're going to die for me. And Peter's like, well, what about John? <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus says, don't worry about John. You follow me. Yeah? You don't, 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 don't worry that what... Magdalena, don't worry about what God is asking you and compare it to what God's asking Jordan. Now listen, everything is the same in the word. But sometimes the Holy Spirit asks for different things from different people. In this guy's case, Jesus really wanted him to be on his team. I mean, he was inviting this guy to be on his team, on his ministry team. But in order to do that, he had to just sell everything so he could go live his life following Jesus everywhere. And... So give your money, sell everything, give your money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Verse 22. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus, I like you, but I still want, I want this life. I want, but, 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 but I have dreams, Jesus. I've always wanted that career. I've always wanted to make that much money. I've always wanted to go there, live there, do this, do that. He missed out. Just think. Now, this one's clear. Some cases, this one's clear. He didn't go. 
He literally chose his stuff over Jesus. I'm sure he lived a nice, rich, and happy, wealthy life, comfortable and everything. But he didn't live the real dream. And then when his life was over, all that was gone. No treasure in heaven. That would suck. That would be terrible. To have it all now and then have nothing there. <laughs> I mean, hello, 70, 80, 90, 100 years here. And then like 10,000 million trillion years forever there. With nothing. No reward. Let me just round this one out. Our desire for Jesus, our desire for Jesus, our desire for Jesus must completely trump our desire for anything else. I have to learn to only want what he wants. That's where the true treasure is. The final one is good soil. Good soil. Basically, this just means I let the gospel overtake me and change everything. I receive the word of God and let it absolutely overwhelm, overtake, consume, and change every single part of my life. No baskets. Tap your neighbor and say, no baskets. No baskets. Good soil, what Jesus is saying here and bringing the lamp in that's not uncovered, okay, is that I let the word of God, which is the light, right, shine in me inside of me listen i let his light shine on my darkness if i ever pretend to want to shine on the darkness out there has my own darkness been shined on yet has my own darkness been illuminated and then ousted I let the light of his word shine inside of me, on every part of me, changing everything about me. Someone who has a heart that's good soil will look different the more you see them live. They'll become different and different and more different and more. Why? Because the word of God changes things. Listen, you can't have a dark room and turn on the light and there still be darkness in there. Darkness and light can't coexist. Turn on the light, the darkness goes. But this is actually the problem Jesus is confronting. We bring the light in, but we're like, nope, I want this darkness. Nope, I still want that darkness. Nope, can't touch that. Right? Can't touch this, right? And you know what? He won't force it. 
He won't, for, he won't force you to do anything. Until eternity, when every knee is going to be forced to bow. And every tongue is going to be forced to confess. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait till then. I want to submit now. Good soil is where the word is allowed to take root. And sprout and grow and multiply. And Jesus said it's like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is so tiny when you receive it. But it grows until it absolutely takes over everything. It's the way the word of God works. It's a whole new perspective. It's a change of attitude. It's a whole new lifestyle. So what do we do? Here's what we do. Are we ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it with this. Are we ready? Believe the word. But don't just believe the word. Cling to the word. Cling to it tightly. Don't let anything cause you to let go of it. Cling to it. And then submit to the word. What does it mean to submit? Not my way, your way. I let go of my way, I'll do it your way. Obey the word. <laughs> Obey the word. Do what it says, even when it's hard. Even when you don't know how, try. Right? Just try. With God's grace, you can. Obey the word. And then, don't just receive it and believe it and cling to it and submit to it and obey it. Then, do it again and again and again. Continue in the word. And Jesus said, abide in my word. Let my word abide in you. Continue. And share the word. That's part of the multiplication. <sighs> you know, in summary, just love the word of God. Love the word. Don't just know the word. Love the word. Now, you can't love it if you don't know it. So read the word. Every word, the whole Bible. If you're tired of us saying it, I'm sorry. Get a Bible reading plan that, that helps you read the whole Bible, not just the parts you like, even the parts that are offensive and hurt your feelings. I said, I read something this week and I'm like, Lord, why in the world is that in there? Read the whole thing and then do it again and again and again. Continue in the word, okay? Love it. It's treating God's word this way that causes me to bear much fruit. 30 times, 60 times, 100 times, right? Fruit, not only in my life, but through my life. So what do you mean? The word has an effect in my life, but then the word 
through my life also gets scattered and gets multiplied in other people's lives, right? We share the word. We love the word. And, and in reality, this is what, th- th- this is the end of this, okay? This is what actually causes us to shine on the outside, okay? Why? People will be more prone to hear the word when they see the word in us. When they see the word living and demonstrated through us, then people will be open to us shining on them. And then this little light of mine, because I'd already let it shine, let it shine in me. I can let it shine, let it shine, and let it shine on you. But it's first got to shine in me. John 15, 8 says, when you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Who wants to give great glory to God? We've got to let the word shine in us, change us, every part of us. And then let it do it some more. And then a year later, some more. And then 10 years later, some more. And 50 years later, some more. Continue in the word with a soft, hungry heart. And you'll multiply. Question, are you letting the light of the gospel shine in you and have its full effect on your life? Some of us, I felt this, this really from the Holy Spirit, okay? Some of us really need to uncover the light that's already in there. The word of God that we already know. We already know it. We've just covered it up. We just don't want to deal with that. Right? And the Holy Spirit's saying, I want to deal with it. I want you to deal with it. Take that cover off. Let it shine even though it's bright. Even though it hurts your eyes. Even though you're like, if you shine on that, it's going to mean I have to change. Yes. What a beautiful thing. (laughs) What a wonderful thing to change. (sighs) Uncover the word of God inside of you. And listen, if you're living your life like this, then let it shine for all the world to see. Jesus Christ is the word, right? Jesus Christ is the word. He's the way. In order to truly understand and grasp the truth of God's word, you need a relationship with the word, with Jesus. Jesus came and lived and died and rose again and ascended back to God to make a way back to God for you, for me. So believe and surrender to him today. Don't just hear the gospel. Surrender to the gospel. Don't just believe in Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.